Welcome to Beards and Buckets, the only college basketball and sometimes NBA basketball podcast that reviews beer and the only uh, beer review podcast that talks college basketball and sometimes NBA basketball. So <laughs> I, like I, am, had to, I like that you had to start uh, like qualifying it like that because yeah, we I mean, because we're not only that. college basketball anymore, which you're, is you're not wrong. fun. It's more listeners, hopefully. So uh, I'm your host, Connor, and I'm joined by Dal. He, he was um, MIA last week after being in San Diego, and now he's back mm-hmm. and I'm happy to have him back. And it's just us two this week, which is a nice little break from having constant guests. So we have a great episode planned for you guys tonight. We're going to start out with the beer review. So, Dal, what are you drinking, my man? Yeah, I just want to say thank God I got to dodge the the Texas Tech guys. Uh, <laughs> they, they're always mean to me. So I was glad to, to skirt them. No, I am really sad that I had to miss that episode. It was a, it's always good talking to those guys. And yeah. the Texas Tech that preview just, I mean, we were already excited about Texas Tech because we are Texas Tech stands, but uh, that just made me really excited about getting to watch them next year and seeing how uh, Chris Adams, Chris Adams, Mark Adams, Mark Adams, I was going to say Chris Beard, Chris Beard, Mark. Sorry, I'm <laughs> combining the two. Uh, I knew that sounded wrong coming out of my mouth. Uh, that's what she said. See how <laughs> fair. Pause. Uh, <laughs> um, excited to see how he how he does with a with the new team this year. Um, but yeah, uh, now that I have rambled and not answered your question, I will actually answer your question. Uh, so I am drinking today. It's a Glutenberg White. It is. 5% alcohol by volume. It's actually a pint, so it's a 16-ounce uh, can, mm. which means we're going to get a little more tipsy on the on the podcast than normal. Um, but no, it's from Glutenberg, California, and it's the reason I got this is because a couple of my friends are gluten-free, and we had just done a beer Olympics with them that uh, – where they had to get gluten-free beer, and I noticed that this was gluten-free. So it is a millet and buckwheat beer, actually. So it is a gluten-free craft brewery. Let's see. Let's see what it's like. Great can open. That's the good stuff. Ooh, okay. Interesting. That's really good. What can you compare it to? I mean, it's a it's like a white uh, a white beer, so somewhat like a blue moon kind of yeah. thing. I know it has orange peel and coriander are two of the ingredients that it has listed here. So that's it's a similar kind of a little bit citrusy wheat beer, but obviously yeah. it's not a I can't call it a wheat beer because the whole gluten free aspect uh, kind of gets out of the the wheat category but no this is this is really good nice i mean i feel like that there are a lot of things that you can 
that they've started to make where you can't really even tell gluten-free stuff is yeah, oh, for gluten-free. Sure. Dude, gluten-free Oreos. This is a free plug them. for Oreos. Gluten-free <laughs> Oreos. Oreo. Yeah, sponsor <laughs> us. Get at us. Gluten-free Oreos slap. They are so good. I haven't had them yet, but also I mean, if you're getting Oreos, do you get double stuff or the single Oreos? I get double stuff because I feel like double stuff is more is Thank more you. what I think a real like a regular Oreo is. I like at one time I got the most stuff, and that was just too much. It, like the double <laughs> stuff is the perfect amount. I have a video to send you. <laughs> I have a video to send you on the most stuff Oreos that is. Uh, not safe for work, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to quit the podcast because you're not a single stuff Oreo guy. Um, yeah, no, double stuff all the way, and and I like I am a monster, but like I will take the full Oreo and like I will get my fingers wet. I do not care. I dip it the whole thing in the milk until it's about to crumble. That's how I eat my Oreos. You you gotta just let it like you gotta like set it in there softly so that it starts to float, and then you use a spoon to to. No, get it out see- so that it doesn't destroy it. Nope, nope. You're, you must be way more monstrous than I am. <laughs> I just use a coffee mug instead of just like a regular mm, glass. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Sorry, I am completely <laughs> off the rails today. <laughs> uh, now this beer is really good, though. I'm trying to think of what what's the most gluten free basketball program in the country? Oh, uh, 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 what? Washington. Give me the Huskies. <laughs> I'm done with that. <laughs> I like that. All right. I'm comparing this beer to the Washington Huskies. <laughs> Shout out to Keon Brooks, baby. That's right. Shout out to Keon Brooks. Okay. I am drinking Three Daughters Brewing. So located in St. Pete, like literally walking distance from the trap, which is the worst stadium in baseball. Uh, the A's would beg to differ, but it's basically like as bad, if not worse, but you know, whatever. Um, you know, co- coincidentally, MLB is like, yeah, you guys got to get new stadiums or we're relocating your teams. So there's that. Um, but I'm drinking three daughters brewing. Uh, it's a watermelon weed ale. It is 4.2% alcohol by volume. It's 23 IBU. So on untapped, it had a, a 3.3 out of five. So I'm pretty excited for it. I, I, w- I could have gone with either a tangerine weed ale from Three Daughters or the watermelon one. I decided I think I've done tangerine, you know, beers on this before. Decided to change it up and go with watermelon. So let me try this. There is a uh, while you try that. There is a a brewery called like Twenty First Amendment, I think, that does a hell or high watermelon is the name of it, and it's like a That's watermelon a great name, and it's really really good. I've taken like three sips of this and I still don't know if I like it. So like the initial hit of watermelon is good, but I don't like the aftertaste of the wheat ale mixed with the taste of the watermelon. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like typically when you drink one of these type of beers, so blueberry ale, like wheat ale or orange, orange or tangerine wheat ale, the aftertaste is more of the fruit where the initial taste is more of the beer. It's the opposite on this, and I don't know if I love the aftertaste of a weed ale. Hmm, okay. So I'm not a, the biggest fan. I'll finish these. Uh, there's some beers I review on here that I do not finish um, <laughs> if I buy a case, you know, pack of them or whatever. These will get finished. These won't stay in my fridge. 
Uh, but they're not, they're definitely like not going to be my go-to. It's almost like you're, you know, when you eat a little too close to the rind of a watermelon, it's basically like that flavor. Like you still get that watermelon flavor, but then you get kind of like the bitterness of the, of like the rind there at the end. So that's what, um, you know, that's what I I think about it. So kind of just overall mid they, three daughters has done better. So yeah, I'm going to go with. I'm trying to think. Let's go. We're in Tampa, St. Pete, close enough. Let's go South Florida Bulls, man. Just overall kind of underwhelming. Has some, you know, had had a, a couple good tastes here and there, but overall just not a powerhouse at, at, by any means and uh, an incredibly weak conference. So I was going to yeah. say it was Tennessee because you like everything until the end and it doesn't follow through <laughs> Tennessee baseball <laughs> well, and Tennessee basketball and Just Tennessee, Tennessee in general. Yeah. Uh, I got a double header for us tonight, by the way, uh, in the liquor store found the simply spiked, uh, hard Ooh. seltzers. So they has four flavors, has regular watermelon, strawberry, and blueberry. I figured if I'm tasting a watermelon one, then I'll try, try a different flavor tonight for uh the hard seltzer and i'll just double header the next four uh podcasts with these hard seltzers so that we'd have a different flavor here are you gonna show me up maybe maybe uh blueberry lemonade is what i'm trying tonight it's five percent abv uh it's also like made from real fruit juice apparently so squeeze then concentrate is what it says so simply you know simply lemonade's good uh so i think it's probably gonna compare to like a uh, Mike's Hard Lemonade, maybe like the spiked um, seltzers version of Mike's Hard Lemonade, but we'll see. It's got a lot of sugar in it though, which I'm not a huge fan of. Incredibly tasty, man. That's good stuff. It's not seltzery where it's not, you know, fizzy. Uh, it's just a spiked lemonade, so kind of more like just a regular Mike's Hard, and but that blueberry is really good with it. Man, so glad I grabbed one of these too, because I would have been kind of disappointed to drink these watermelon weed ales all night. Um, if I'm going to compare it, it's a new blood, right? Let's we call it a new blood uh, for basketball. So what's a blue colored new blood school? Mm, Nova? Yeah, Nova. I feel like we've compared stuff to it, but it is good enough to be... These spike lemonades will be at the top of you know the summer drink list for a lot of people, I think, so... Yeah, we'll go Nova. It's blueberry Nova. Yeah, I, I dig it. All right. There was Spend a girl. Time. There was a girl in college that was like obsessed with. She lived in the same dorm that we did, and she was obsessed with this guy in our hall. And one day she got like a twelve pack of Mike's Hard and drank all of them and like chased him around our dorm one <laughs> night. And every time anyone mentioned Mike Hard, Mike's Hard, that's uh, that's the story that pops into my head. Imagine if you flip those roles and it would be considered like sexual assault. Yeah. No, <laughs> oh my she God. wasn't very fast, so <laughs> she didn't do a very good job. And she was quite intoxicated, so she did not do a very good job of chasing him around. Uh, <laughs> she never got really close to catching him. But Good. Good for him. It was, it was, it was funny. <laughs> All right. Well, we are going to move on. Uh, we, uh, we have a packed episode, like we said. It's a lot of stuff. We, we're not going to try and skimp out on UCLA in the offseason and stuff, but we are a little bit because it's draft <laughs> week, baby. And uh, we are going to do a live reaction. So we're recording this right now on Tuesday night. This episode's coming out on Friday. 
but this is a live reaction as well to the draft. So Thursday night, we're going to record our, our reaction to that. So for right now, we're going to talk about UCLA basketball, the Bruins. So last year, they finished 27-8 and on the season, 15-5 and in Pac-12, as well as finishing second in Pac-12 behind Arizona. They finished 11th in uh, AP Top 25 and 11th in uh, Ken Palm. So they were a pretty good basketball team. They did, I will say, like I was harping on them for a while about, you know, like what, taking a month off, like the month of December off, and they just remained their status of being a top 10 team, which was a little ridiculous. But uh, they still played pretty well after you know, the COVID break that they took. So Dal, give us a breakdown of who's leaving this UCLA team. Yeah, so departing players, I mean, the big one is obviously Johnny Juzang. He's going to the NBA draft. Looking at the the aggregate that I have pulled up that is a spoiler alert for what we're doing later, it's, like, questionable on if he gets drafted. Yeah, I've there's seen a lot one, of second, second round picks. Yeah, there's, but... it looks like one of the, like, 10 in here has him getting drafted at 47. But, so, I mean, he's, like, a fringe a friend's draft pick there, but scored almost 16 points per game, almost five rebounds per game last year. I mean, there are definitely, you can argue a couple different guys uh, in terms of who their, who their best player was last year. I personally am a Johnny Juzang was kind of their, their best player. So losing, losing him, the NBA draft, they're also losing Peyton Watson, who didn't really have a huge impact last year? Uh, he's a fr- he was a freshman, right? Yeah, yeah. So he um, he's lose- they're losing him. He's kind of mocked anywhere from the top of the second round to like the early fifties on in the NBA draft. Uh, so they're losing him. Those two, Jules Bernard, who averaged almost thirteen and five as a guard, uh, is graduating. Cody Riley is graduating. Miles Johnson is graduating. So, I mean, those are some significant pieces that were contributors last year. Yeah. Uh, and then Jake Kyman, who is a like a small role player as a guard, is transferring to Wyoming. So those are the the main losses that they have. Well, those are the losses that they have. Yeah. I mean, they could be in a worse position, right? Like, Johnny Juzang was good, but I think, and we'll, this is a little spoiler alert, but I think who they have coming in for shooting guard is better. <clears throat> and as far as like ceiling goes, um, yeah, definitely ceiling goes. I don't know if I mean, yeah, immediate impact. Bailey, I don't yeah. know if Mario Bailey is going to be a sixteen point five rebound two assist kind of guy like Johnny Juzang was, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely has a, close. has a higher ceiling uh, than Juzang. Um, Jules Bernard, you know, kind of same thing with who they have coming in with um, Dylan Andrews, like. Probably not going to be a 12, 12.8 point per game, like four, four, re, you know, almost five rebounds per game kind of player. But as they still, re, they return a lot of, a lot of minutes. I mean, they're returning yep. Hami Hawkes with 30 minutes a game, uh, 14 points a game, six rebounds a game, you know. So they're returning him, Tiger Campbell, who I, I'm, I love Tiger, Tiger Campbell mainly because of the hair. Yeah. The, the name. That's some of the best hair in, in all of basketball. Yeah. The hair and name for sure. Just, got me in my book you know so um that i like him there but also he's 32 minutes a game as a point guard 11 you know almost 12 points a game 
and almost uh, what four four and a half uh, assists the game. So great returning pieces there. Jalen Clark at average eighteen minutes a game. David Singleton averaged sixteen minutes a game. So like, there's a lot of good guys that they have coming back, like key pieces, like good role players, basically. Yeah, a couple of red shirt guys too, right? That they that they get back that didn't really play last year, but yeah, Will were... McClendon and Macatean. I think yeah. you pronounce it. Yeah, yeah. So Etienne? a couple of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like uh, Travis Etienne from yeah, exactly. Clemson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they have a lot of returning, which is good. You got you got guys that yeah, like you said, they redshirted, so they probably won't be immediate impact, but they can step in and fill roles that you know someone like uh, Jake Kyman or Peyton Watson or Miles Johnson could you know, step in into those roles too. Um, but Amari Bailey coming in, Sierra Canyon uh, High School. So, you know, like they, they've had some good players coming out of there. He's ranked fifth in this upcoming uh, recruiting class. So, good ball player. Adem Bona, Kentucky looked at him. Uh, I think those were the two main schools that were looking at him. He decided to go. He, had, he decided to stay west, which was good for him, I think. And uh, he came from Prolific Prep. And he's ranked 16th uh, as the center there. So, and then, like I said, Dylan Andrews comes from the uh, same school as Ty Ty and a couple other um, – the guy from Texas Tech last week, Washington, not Ty Ty, uh, but the other Washington, uh, <laughs> AZ Compass Prep uh, out of uh, out of Arizona as well. So uh, he's ranked 44th. So there is – you know, he's the point guard there. So they have a lot of – it's interesting because they didn't hit the portal hard, which I thought they would, um, especially just in this time of NIL and – you see, you have more players leaving than players coming in, and you. Have, but obviously, you know, redshirt players factor into that as well. So, uh, very interesting. I I don't know. It's hard for me to tell like where UCLA is going to end up. I, I just gonna because the the main guys that are leaving and the main guys are coming in might not fill those roles that the main guys are leaving left. Um, I'm gonna be a little bit lower on them to begin with. I was lower on them this past year, anyways. Though I thought that year they made it to the final four was kind of one of those like fluky COVID things. It's kind of like UNC this past year where they, they hit the, uh, you know, they hit their, their stride, right. But they also benefited from some player from some teams that kind of fell when they shouldn't have, you know, early in the, in the tournament. So Dow, what do you think? Where, where do you, can you expect this UCLA team to start the season? Where do you think they'll end up being? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's I think your point about them not hitting the transfer portal a ton is really interesting, just because there it seems like there's so, Southern California especially is producing so much talent that you would think that there would be a couple of guys that they would be able to come to even with getting five or three top fifty players that you could go in and say like, hey, come back home to the West Coast, come to UCLA, a team that I mean, yeah, two years ago made like a final four and come like come replace these guys that we're losing that are creating significant holes. Uh, so that, that is interesting. I feel like that there'll be a team that very much relies on their kind of like five man, six man rotation. Cause it just seems like that won't be overly deep this year, but I feel like that even with, for a team that lost arguably its best player and a couple other guys that are, they were big contributors to get back someone that you could also argue is your best wing in Hami Hakez and 
I mean, he might win Pac-12 Player of the Year this year. Like he would definitely be in that conversation. And to get him back and get your point guard back that played almost 33 minutes a game and can be the engine for your team, it's that that's a good way to kind of maintain momentum a little bit. And then you add, you know, two top 20 players and a top 45 player. I I bet they start off a little slow just as they kind of get all the pieces together. But I think they should probably be clicking by Pac-12, like, conference play, and be definitely one of the best teams in Pac-12. Yeah, granted, yeah, I, I agree much, with that. Granted, I don't really know how much exactly that means, considering how subpar the Pac-12 has been over the last couple of years. But, I mean, I guess good for them if <laughs> all you can do is really win the conference that you're getting. Yeah, so. yeah absolutely. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm with you on that. It really depends on... This team's going to have to like jump on the back of Amari Bailey, and I think the pressure might be a little high at first for him. Uh, but I think he'll settle into that role. I mean, I mean he, he, he still is really only – I mean, he's their third option, right, behind – especially at least to start, he could be their third option behind Campbell and Hawkeyes still. Yeah, I don't – I just kind of lean that like you saw the usage of Johnny Juzang, and I think that was a big recruiting point for Bailey. Was that like, oh, we'll put you in this role? And so, like, and I think Mick Cronin's just going to do what he does, and I think he's going to rely on the freshman. I think that's fine. Um, so, yeah, like, he probably will be the third option to start. But I think, by the, like, like you said, by the time uh, conference play goes around, he's going to be nice and settled into that role, and uh, we could see him being maybe the go-to option or the second option there. I don't yeah. think Tiger Campbell will be uh, the first or second option for long. If you know, I think he'll be second option if we're if, – at, to start, and then he'll probably just be demoted a little bit and go down to uh, the third option. Yeah, I mean, he's he's best in a role where you have him as a facilitator to absolutely just kind of get other guys involved. So I feel you. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, now we're agreeing there, and we're gonna have a little discourse here over our all-time UCLA starting five. So and six man. So we we both agreed Russell Westbrook is our starting point guard, and let me preface after I revealed one of our picks, uh, <laughs> we, we, we recognize and we respect and we honor what, uh, you know, John Wooden did for UCLA. But if we, we can't just pick all wooden guys there, cause that would just be unfair. So we picked the best of the wooden guys, but then we went on and we we're like, you know what, we're going to pick guys that we know uh, a little bit more recency bias, but these are names that I think, I don't think you'll disagree with. Um, so like I said, Russell Westbrook is our point guard, uh, all-time UCLA starting point guard. And I'm going to move on to our, our small forward, power forward, center, and then six man. And then we'll go back to our shooting guard. Okay. So, Dal, Reggie Miller, our small forward. Are you in yes. agreement with that? Yes. He yeah. is kind of good at basketball. Yeah. Except he's not even the best person at basketball and his family but cheryl 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 miller cooked <laughs> she scored like over 100 or something like that yeah she's yeah. insane man so all right our power forward um which is kind of an asterisk next to it because he didn't really play power forward but we can't have like exclude him from our starting five uh is bill walton the Worst analyst in college basketball, uh, but nonetheless, he was a really good player for UCLA and in the league. 
I'm so, putting this under protest and putting Kevin Love there. You want to put Kevin Love there? Yeah. Oh, well, we weren't disagreeing with two things there. Uh, and and then center, like, we're not putting Bill Walton over Kareem. He's the best yeah. center ever, in my opinion. And, Kareem's really, really good. Yeah. So we, we have Kareem here. And then I have the sixth man being Kevin Love. Dal has it as Bill Walton. So we'll yeah, have I'll throw Bill two. Walton there. Okay. Okay. So you're in agreement there. Now, the discourse we have is our shooting guard. I'm a little bit of more of an old head, and I said Baron Davis. Which is funny because I'm older than you. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, you said Baron Davis. Baron Davis is dope. Big Baby Davis. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's where literally, I'm saying. Literally not Big Baby Davis because that's a completely That's Glenn person, Davis. But, does. Yeah. yeah. Oops. <laughs> Which, what, what is Baron Davis's nickname? I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. This is actually one of my favorite things to do. I can't wait to look this up because uh, Basketball Reference always has their like nicknames up at the top, and some yeah. of them are so dumb. B Diddy, Diddy Boom Too Dizzle, Easy, and the Beard. Which B the beard Diddy isn't Too him. Easy and the Baron. Yeah. So um, I know I have I have Baron Davis as my shooting guard now. Dal, who do you have as your shooting guard for all time? Yeah, I put uh, Drew Holiday. But I would especially like to be able to say Drew Holiday, but we also get to play with Justin Holiday. Is it Justin Holiday or Aaron Holiday? No, it was Aaron Holiday. Aaron Holiday. Justin Holiday played at Washington. We get we get the we get a sixth man because he is a uh, a brother. We get to put him on the court as well, so we get six players instead of five, and we get both the Holiday brothers. No, I I'm I'm on the Drew Holiday train. Uh, Gives you a little more two-way, uh, two-way ability, and I don't know. I just didn't want to be the same as you. Uh, yeah, I'm just old head here, even though you're older than me. But <laughs> Baron Davis. So we'll let you guys settle the final shooting guard here in the on Twitter. We'll do a poll for this week. You guys go vote either Baron Davis or Drew Holiday. We'll see what you guys uh, oh, yeah, come up wait. with. All right, wait, hold on. Drew Holiday only averaged 8.5, 4 and 4 in college. Okay, I'm going Baron Davis. Oh, so we're not, we're not even going to settle on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, uh, delete this. We can settle it in the. We can still have the poll. Yeah, we'll settle it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Cut that, cut that, cut that. Yeah, uh, cut, cut that, cut that. <laughs> All right, so, Dal, you have this um, mock draft aggregate. Ooh, that... Actually, wait, before before we go to, to that, I have one final team that I want to propose for the UCLA all-team, and it's the all-brothers team because we can get Lonzo at the one, Drew Holiday at the two, LiAngelo Ball at the – at the three, He's Aaron Holiday. A Aaron Holiday at the as a six man, I guess. And then we can get Ed O'Bannon and Charles O'Bannon as the four and the five, and we get three pairs of brothers that have all played at UCLA, and we prosper. I also just wanted to make a Leangelo Ball reference because that's funny. <laughs> the worst ball. He's so bad. <laughs> okay, so. You have this aggregate mock yes. draft that you've been excited to show me. I'm excited to hear about it. We're going to talk about briefly talk about this, and then we will uh, kind of head into the draft reaction on Wednesday. So tell me about it, man. Yep. 
So this looks at, um, I think it's updated. It's like continuing to be updated uh, throughout this. And it looks at ESPN, NBA draft.net, CBS sports, the athletic bleacher report, SI.com, the ringer, and a couple other places, basketballnews.com. And they have an aggregate mock where it looks at the ranking, I guess, but based on like average position and then looks at essentially the range for each player. So it has a high, the highest spot that they go and the lowest spot that they go. So it, it does a pretty cool job of being able to tear it out while still looking at, okay, these are the like potential landing spots for different people. And it's some of the most plugged in people. So it's uh, a pretty solid representation of, uh, like of the, the outlook for the draft. Yeah. So, with that, I'm sharing my screen so that you can see it here. You want me to zoom in a little bit? I'm good. I can see it. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I mean, I think we're all – I don't want to spend a ton of time on the top three because I feel like that the top three kind of consensus. Uh, only did really want to mention that Paolo, apparently his odds to be the number one pick have – what dropped a ton? It's more likely that no. he's the number one pick than uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Than it was a couple of days ago. Like they've dropped down to like just like plus four hundred now when they were in the in the four digits a couple of days ago. So I don't know if that's just smoke or what. I think None, it's a little I, smoke because they did the same thing with the NFL draft with Baker Mayfield being the number one pick, and so like. I think it's a little bit of smoke there. Not saying like that they're totally wrong, but they benefit the most if they end up being incorrect in those odds because people are going to put money on it coming to fruition. Sure. You know, so like I think it's a little bit of smoke there. Um, so yeah, I would be ecstatic if he went number one. Uh, but pretty much with any of these players, any of those three, as a Magic fan, I'd be happy to get. Uh, so yeah, yeah. And, I, and I will say in these in this aggregate, there isn't a single person of those ten that has him going number one at the moment. So that makes me kind of more indicative that it is a little yeah. bit of smoke too. Um, as you're kind of looking at this, you may just read off the, the, the names and you can kind of stop me on someone you want to talk about or do we yeah. just want to jump around? No, I'm, I'm, I'm good with you doing that, but I'm going to stop you at number one. First, <laughs> just, just real quick. Gonna, I just said we're going to spend a bunch of time on. One I'm not going to spend right. a bunch of time. I'm just going to give right. some quick thoughts. Jabari Smith is at one. Uh, Pause. Thoughts. <laughs> uh, Pause. No, um, I, I was listening to the Eyes on College Basketball podcast today about the mock draft, and they were going through all their picks. And they said, and then somebody made an interesting point. They said, if the Magic want to take the best player, if they believe Chet Holmgren is the best player in the draft. They should take Chet Holmgren. They shouldn't take Jabari Smith because he was a better three-point shooter. Uh, because that's just stupid at that point. You don't Magic aren't in a position to draft fit right now. They need to take the best player available. And um, with Chet Holmgren, you know, I, like I, I think I retweeted it and you know, shared it. But basically, there's these tests that they do um, about like these movement experts, quote unquote movement experts, and they do asymmetrics and imbalances and stuff, and they. They basically check to see who's least likely to get hurt. Chet Holmgren had the highest test results they've ever had, meaning 
he's going to have the not only in like NBA success, but he'll have like career longe- long longevity. I couldn't even say it. So, <laughs> like, which is incredible because of his height, but also because at part of it's because of his frame. So, like, with Orlando having the string of terrible bad injury luck that they've had in the last five years, they need to take somebody that's going to stay healthy as much as possible. And Chet's the safest pick there. And also, like, you, Jabari Smith, brother cannot finish, has no handle, and his defense is questionable. Chet Holmgren does all those things, you know, at least the defense significantly better, but his handle's a little bit better, a little bit more polished than Jabari's, and his finishing, obviously, is, like, top three in the country, or if not number one. Uh, he's a top three shot blocker. I think blocker. It was two. Yeah, or it was very high, whatever it was. Yes. It was, like, 40% higher than Jabari's. And and he's like, um, and I think he's near forty percent three point shooting. So, the, all the, I just I'm I'm more high on Chet than anybody else for those three. And so as a Magic fan, if we end up with Chet, you know I'm gonna be over the moon. If we end up with Jabari, I'm still gonna back the pick. Uh, but if they end up with Jabari, I think they could could have traded back and maybe gotten like OKC's like twelfth pick if we sign and trade like Bombo with them or something. You know something weird like that. So. That's enough on Magic's pick. Let's move on. Go Magic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, so four. It seems like the kind of consensus here is still Jaden Ivey. I know there's been some rumblings about Keegan Murray, but those are the next two guys. And then, surprisingly, we have Shaden Sharp dropping down to eight, and Dyson Daniels and Benedict Matherin have jumped him and are now their highest spots are at five to the Pistons. Apparently Benedict Matherin has like killed all of his interviews and people have just people fallen like him, with him. Man. We've been so, high on him since like December. You and I have at least, I feel like. Because uh, yeah, we know yeah, ball. Yeah, we do. No, Jaden Ivey, yeah. I think I think that's a great pick for the Kings. I like I said last week, I think well, it's a great pick at four. I don't think it's a great pick for the Kings, I should I should mention. I think the Kings are going to trade back. I think the Pacers are going to trade up for the fourth pick to get Jaden Ivey. Um, the Kings can take Dyson Daniels or Ben Matherin or Shaden Sharp or John, it, pretty much any one of those guys and be okay because it, it fits better next to Fox than Jaden Ivey. I just will not understand if after trading Tyrese Halliburton to the Pacers for DeMontis Sabonis – that the Pacers and the Kings will do yet another trade. Like, are they just going to flop all of their like picks and all of their teams? Like <laughs> I, them making two giant trades like that would just baffle me, but it would be that, crazy, but it wouldn't be the craziest thing we've seen. I just, Jaden Ivey's camp has already said they don't want to be in the, they don't want to be in Sacramento. So if Sacramento like takes them, him, yeah, like they, they've talked to him very briefly or like they've, they haven't even worked out for them. Um, so if Sacramento takes him, you have a rental for what, three years, four years? Uh, like it just doesn't make sense for a rebuilding team. If you were a contending team and you're, you know, like which, you know, nobody who gets drafted fourth is contending, but let's say they were, um, you know, that person probably would end up wanting to stay because they're contending. So, you know, like it's just not, it doesn't look like it's going to work out for either party. So it just makes sense for the Kings to trade back and, maybe get another, you know, future pick or pick up another player uh for from the Pacers. I don't I don't know. They'll figure it out. But I think that's that makes the most sense. So what else? 
Uh, we got Shaden Sharp, whose range is from six to twelve. I mean, yeah, the, twelve is his absolute floor because there's no way he's getting past that second OKC pick. No. They just love upside too much. Yeah. Um, we got Johnny Davis, AJ Griffin, Jalen Duran, Jeremy Sohan, and Usman Diang. I'll, I'll stop there just because that is the last of the people on this list that have their high range in the, the top single digits. Yeah. Um, I'm a Jeremy Sohan fan. I don't know if, if you are, but I watch his defense and it reminds me like he, his game to me projects like a healthy Jonathan Isaac. Uh, I think that, I think he's going to be really good in this league. Uh, I can see that. I, I'd really worry about the shot, but like you, I mean, like even if the shot doesn't come, he'll still end up being one of the best defenders in the draft. And the yeah. nice thing about him too is he's so his frame is so big that he will be able to defend kind of that two through five, maybe even one through five. He could be a super switchy defender. So yeah, I'm a big Sohan fan too. I think that his his ability to switch one through five and not get cooked uh, will would definitely make him his money. And I, I could see him going top in the top 10, maybe over Jalen Duran just because of that. Yeah, we'll see. Agreed. Um, all right, next guys, we have. I'll kind of go. I feel like that this next tier is a strange one. I'll kind of stop it at. I'll stop it at nineteen. Okay. So, this next one is Ochai Baji, Malik Branham, Mark Williams, Tari Eason, Jalen Williams, who has jumped up a ton, and his high range here is 12 so he'd be going to the thunder's second pick which is that's super high for him even though i didn't like his game uh and then the last one is ty ty washington uh yeah any any thoughts on on guys here yeah uh first it's not malik brandom it's malachi brandom but... oh malachi brandom <laughs> you're correct just no. got the best of me there it's funny, I like listened to that Eyes on College Basketball podcast. They were talking about Ojai Baji, and they they didn't want to say he was a finished project a product, but he almost is a finished product. And their their point was like, you, at twenty two years old, you wouldn't say LeBron James was finished, okay? But we're not comparing freaking Ojai Baji to LeBron James here. Like that, there's a lot that he has to offer, but I just don't see him going. I think the Cavs is a good landing spot for him. But like OKC better not take him because like or like Charlotte, like the like the Hawks could be a good spot for him. Uh, but like the Rockets keep him away from the Rockets. Like any team that's rebuilding, like actually rebuilding, keep him away from that because he doesn't fit the timeline. Um, Malachi Branham, I'm more high on now than I was like a month ago, uh, just after watching more film and just seeing more um, draft videos and things like that. Is that good insight big on him? Uh yeah yeah, or hoops so, inside or hoop hoop intellect. Which one? What's the what's the YouTube channel you told me about? Hoop intellect, but I'm not as high as they are on them. <laughs> no, I watched that videos like ain't no way. <laughs> but um yeah, yeah. Uh, I for some reason I can't get behind Mark Williams. I'm 
not a Mark Williams backer here. And that's not like a Duke hate thing. It's more of, I just don't see, he doesn't stretch the floor enough, like well enough for me to like his game at the next level. Does that make sense? I'd rather have him than AJ Griffin. Yes, but I'm not high on AJ Griffin either. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm as low on AJ Griffin as his center of gravity is when he shoots. (laughs) Because <laughs> that man spreads his legs about as far as he possibly can uh, when he shoots his threes. No, I I think Mark Williams has to go to a good spot. So this, this thing has him going at 16 to the Hawks. I think the only way that happens is if they sign and trade Clint Capella. And then I feel like you would have to keep John Collins, which it seems like is less and less likely. So... The Hawks fit here is kind of weird. I I would yeah. love to see him go to the Hornets. Yeah, just they just need he's front court. He depth. or Jalen Duran are both would both be great at catching lobs from Lamelo, and would provide defensive uh, like rim protection at the five. So I'm like conditionally high on Mark Williams, depending on where he goes. I yeah, is a good way to. I've expressed there. We're both super high on Tari Eason. Yes. We love him. I, I really Tantai. love Jalen Williams. Oh, oh man. Yeah, me too. If the magic can somehow like bunch, you know, like comp combine those uh, two second round picks and like Terrence Ross to get an opportunity to get Jalen Williams from the bulls, you know, like sign me the frick up for that. I uh, at 18. I guess if it's for Jalen, Jalen Williams, I'd be sort of down, but if I'm the Magic, I'm not trying to give up two second round picks in this draft because I really like the top of the second round in this. Yeah, but you got to think as a as a like as a Magic fan, I've watched the Magic trade away every second round pick they've ever had. Uh, oh, for sure. <laughs> so like, they traded Jared Vanderbilt we can get, for literal cash. So. Yeah, like if we can just you know combine the two that they were about to just trade away anyways and actually get a player out of it, um, you know maybe you know like a fringe lottery player. Uh, your top, you know, first round. Yeah, sign me up, please, please. That and then also like, fair. and and then get get Terrence Ross to someone that's more in a title contending position than the Magic because he deserves it. And also he can't play defense, so get him on the Bulls, please. <laughs> yeah, he can't play defense. <laughs> um, this has Ty going to the Timberwolves, which is an awesome fit. See, I don't like the fit. What? I would rather see him go twenty-two to the Grizzlies. Ew, no. I I don't like the fit. I I every time the Timberwolves draft somebody, I'm just like, I, like they seem cursed ever since, you know, Anthony Towns. So, uh, yeah. Wait, you you realize that Anthony Edwards is kind of good, right? Yeah, obviously they were freaking the top five pick. They haven't had it like anywhere near that since then. I mean, those two is what. But what I'm saying is, after that, like their picks have been awful. That was a trade. Jared Vanderbilt was a freaking trade. <laughs> that was the Magic's I mean, that's, pick. That's fair. Yeah. So my point is, especially guards, I feel like they're just it's it's a cursed position for the Timberwolves outside of Anthony Edwards. Um, so I I just would rather see. I think I think Ty Ty would be and like 
you, you look at Ty's Jones at at the Grizzlies. I think Ty Ty would excel better in that role because they're not keeping Ty's Jones anyways. Uh, and and Ty Ty would be better from what I've heard, what I've researched. They aren't keeping Ty's Jones, or you know, they might move him or whatever. So I think Ty Ty excels better in that role than Ty's Jones, just because of his pick and roll ability. Oh yeah. Hmm. They should keep him. He was like one of the best backup point guards in the league this year. Anyways, uh, I don't know. I think that would be fun, and I like the Wolves' young core, and I think that Ty Ty's shooting ability would be very welcome on that. Uh, if they move D'Angelo Russell, if they move D'Angelo Russell, then sign me up. But that's questionable. And if they move D'Angelo Russell, it's probably to move up in this draft. So they need to get. Ah, uh, shoot! Is it Malik Beasley? Who's the Beasley guy that they have that they got from Denver? Hey, Malik. Yeah, they need to get him the hell off the team because he's he's bad. He and Dylan Brooks are curses at the <laughs> two slash three position. Those guys suck. Yes. Uh, all right. Now you see the vision. Next, next little, next little tier. We'll go. What should these last ten picks? Stop me if there's anyone you want to talk about. We got Blake Wesley going to the Spurs. Blake Wesley is good. Notre Dame was good last year. Uh, EJ Liddell going to the Nuggets. Dalen Terry at twenty-two. Nikola Jovic at twenty-three. I need him to go to the Nuggets just so that we get Nikola Jovic and Nikola Jokic on the same team. Yes. <laughs> and they get a bunch of Serbian dudes, and it would be fun. <laughs> we got Jaden Hardy at 24, Kennedy Chandler at 25, Jake LaRavia at 26. I will talk about him. Marjan <laughs> Beauchamp, Walker Kessler, Wendell Moore, and Caleb Houston as the 30th pick. I really Actually, like... We'll go, we'll go Pat Baldwin at the next pick because he has a high... Mark of twenty. Yeah, I like I like Baldwin a lot. Not not many people in my NBA circles like Baldwin, but I think they just don't see the vision. I, it's to me, you can get like a diet version of Paolo Bencaro out of Baldwin, essentially. Um, maybe more leaning more three than four, but I, I still like him a lot. Uh, but Marjan Bochamp definitely have increased uh, my interest in him just because of his defensive ability. I think I would not be surprised if he ends up as a spur just because of how well he defends. They just have so many guys that like two, three spot that he's on the short list there, but he's the one on the short list of guys that I think could defend one through five and not get cooked. Like we talked about earlier with so, so hand. So, so I I think that small side to be that. Yes. right now but i can see that in the future yeah so i'm with you there um jake laravia i also think like i could see the spurs taking jake laravia over uh kennedy chandler everyone should take jake (laughs) laravia i also see the bucks taking jake laravia and just adding it another pure like pure shooter there so i don't want that (laughs) <laughs> but he'd be really good for them. I don't know. He would be great for them. <laughs> to me, the, I think that we're seeing in, especially this year's playoffs, but just this year in general, that teams 
And the Warriors did such a damn good job of this. And it's why I think if he's there at the pick, he will be the pick for the Warriors. So I think his floor is 28. This has his yeah. floor at 41. I don't see how he falls past. There's no the, way. The shooting the ability alone, there's no way. That and I, so I don't even think the shooting ability is his best feature. It's not, but his yeah. ability to throw skip passes and to be a connector of the play is. I mean, he's one of the best guys in this draft at that. And I think that with it was a problem for the Celtics pretty much the entire year. It's what the Warriors do so well on offense. It's that, so you have play initiators that are normally your primary ball handlers, but they can be whoever you want it to be that's good at initiating plays. Then you have play finishers, which I think is one of the reasons why people are slightly lower on Paolo than Jabari Smith and Mm -hmm. Chet, which seems kind of wrong in my opinion but people label him as more of a play finisher that he because his playmaking is actually really good but he is kind of labeled as more of a play finisher where it's like you have the ball stuff happens Paolo gets the ball and he is creating a play to either score or set the person up that is going to score so you have those guys but you need the the smart ball mover in the like middle of that play that can either cut and get the defense moving or make the correct pass once the defense has already started moving because the play initiator has has gotten everything going. And I don't know if there are many people that are better at that specific skill than Jake Laravia in this draft. And that plus the shooting upside, plus he's I mean he's not a great defender, but he can hold his own two through four. I just I, I think he's going to be a steal for whoever gets him at the end of the first round. No, I'm with you on that. So I, I have no doubts at that. I saw a mock where Caleb Houston goes to Orlando and I wanted to throw up. Like they actually <laughs> they actually uh like took the two picks and traded up for Caleb Houston. Uh, and that just oh, made me gross. Yeah, I was like, keep Caleb Midston away from the Orlando Magic, please. Uh so yeah, there's a lot of a lot of guys here in the like, you know, like late first round, early second round, that you just don't know what you're getting out of. You know, like it's it's tough. Um, but there's a lot I of love, good. I love this spot in the draft. It's, it's like it's so back much into potential. the first, early and early in the second. Yeah, there's just one. It's just fun because there's so many unknowns, and I mean, a lot of these guys are, we're looking at now guys with ranges that go from late teens to like in the forties or fifties. So there's a, I mean, it's just going to be absolute chaos on draft yeah. night for, for these spots. Definitely. God, it's so much fun. <laughs> Patrick Baldwin needs to go to the, I need the nuggets to draft Jovich so that we can have the fun name puns with Jokic and Jovich. <laughs> and then I need Patrick Baldwin to go to them just so that, because Patrick Baldwin's kind of comp to me is, and I heard someone say this actually about Jabari Smith. It's like Jabari Smith is a better defensive version, a healthy, better defensive version of Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, I've heard that. And I like, 
that's actually a really, really solid comp. But I think that Patrick Baldwin is kind of a non like anti-vax version of <laughs> Michael Porter Jr. too. He is kind of injury prone. Is like a 6'10 power forward that plays more like a uh, shooting guard. So it would be funny just to have him as kind of your insurance plan to Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. Not yeah, being able to come back and get healthy. I don't know if he's actually injury prone. I think at some point he saw his draft stock just like freaking tanking and then just like, <laughs> you know what, let's just. Oh, let's my just... ankle hurts. Yep. Yep. That's basically, <laughs> I think, what happened because yeah. like it could not get any worse for him at that point. So, and he's, he's worked to get it back up too. I mean, like the fact that he's, you know, on this aggregate thing in 20 is pretty good considering how far he, he fell at, at one point. So, yeah. yeah. Wrong. So I'm, I'm with you there, but all right, let's take a quick break and then we'll like, we'll, we're done for this night and we're going to come back Thursday night and we're going to talk about the live reaction. We're going to give our live reaction to the draft and, uh, in all its glory. And it's probably going to still be happening as we're recording. Cause that thing goes super late. Uh, but all the picks that we're super excited about, we'll, we'll give our reaction to. So, Ooh. uh, yeah, go ahead. Actually, before we end, give me one guy that we're here. I'll scroll down so you can see kind of the, the guys that are listed as the second round. Give me one guy that you're really excited about in this 32 through 61 range. Uh, Jalen Williams from Arkansas sticks out to me. Christian Coloco. Um, I feel like those are two guys that like you see Robert Williams, what he did for the Celtics. I feel like those are two guys that can kind of do that for, for a team. Um, Christian Coloco, especially I think if he goes to the wolves or, you know, like I've seen where the magic take him, I'd love Christian Coloco, especially if we're going to get rid of uh, Mo Bamba, so or Jalen Williams, either or the either one of those. Um, David Roddy also sticks out to me too. Like David Roddy's game, would love to see him uh, thrive, especially if he gets to, at a good landing spot, maybe on a contender. David Roddy is a just. I need a Desmond Bain, David Roddy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's the Gonzaga kid? Brandon Clark. I need yeah. a David Roddy, Brandon Clark, Desmond Bain rotation. Uh, from the Grizzlies, because that would just be the ultimate Grizzlies. That'd be some ultimate Grizzlies shit. Also, why <laughs> yeah, do the Timberwolves have so many picks? They have like 87 picks. They got to trade them. They got it. They're, they're going <laughs> like, to end up trading them. Nah, you, they're taking all five of their picks and they're just forming <laughs> an entire rotation. All right, this yeah. is wild. Uh, no, dude, Coloco is one of the guys that I'm most excited to see where he goes and see if the shooting that he showed at the Combine that he did not show in a single game ever <laughs> this man this man is Shaden sharp levels of like never showing us that he could shoot ever and then went to the combine and just absolutely tore it up so i am interested to see kind of where that falls um who's another guy that i'm interested in down here Ooh, bryce mccowans is someone that Raphael Barlow, who does who took over for Chad Ford on his NBA Big Board podcast, he's super high on Bryce McGowan's. And so he's someone that I'm kind of interested to see where he goes and if he can develop a shot. So I'll I'll say him as mine. You know what, guys? I made the executive decision now to just we're just gonna keep this as its own episode. We'll go ahead and drop I- this one. And then we'll a do a live reaction separate. So we you guys can have that as two episodes this week. So we'll do that. So that way we're not wimping out on you guys. Um, 
But yeah, the I'm just looking at the time here, and <laughs> it's almost <laughs> like 55 minutes. So yeah, I'm not adding any more to this. This is ridiculous. This actually yeah. hits our goal of keeping episodes under an hour. So shout out to us. If we're looking at our scouting report, long-winded is the first both pro yes. and con for this podcast. Yes. It's in the strengths and the weaknesses portion. So with that said, we have like five minutes left. I'm not going to go the full five minutes here, but um, <laughs> what is here's – here's a quick thing I want, you, I want us to do. Really quick thing. Uh, scroll up – oh, never mind. Um, oh, so it's I'll all good. Um. Quick thing I want us to do is we have to build a starting five, not using the top three picks. Who are you going, point guard? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, 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 okay. Are we? Do we? Are, do we want to like snake draft it, or do we get to just pick snake draft? Let's do snake draft. Okay. I want to go first. Go for it. I want Shaden Sharp as my two. As your two? Yes. Okay. Um, you want that purely just to shut up everyone who's complained about Shady Sharp. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So if Shady Sharp's your two, I'm going to go Jalen Williams as my, mm, it's tough. Actually, no, re- redact that. Uh, I'm going Ben Matherin and I'm putting him at the three. At the three. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, Shooting kills. Yeah, it does, literally. Uh, all right. Are we snake drafting or just going back and forth? Let's just go back and forth. All right. I got Keegan Murray. I'm putting it at the four. I like it. Okay. Uh, picking a point guard in this absolutely sucks. Because, <laughs> like, I feel like it's the big, biggest weakness. Um, you know, what, let's, what the heck? Let's go Jaden Ivey at the, at the one. You suck. I should have <laughs> just done that. Um... <laughs> Uh, so you got to pick us. We'll do a center and then a six man. Wait, what do you mean? You get well. I mean, we have a center and a six man left. So oh, we're doing this a combined team. Yeah, yeah. Why not? I thought we were like dueling. Um, no. Okay. No, no. This is better. I like that better because now. Yeah, that's a good team. Yeah, it's a freaking right. good team. <laughs> uh, we're going. Run six man. Let's do. Or no, we're going. We're going center and six man. I mean, I don't feel like picking the six the center. I'm gonna make <laughs> you do that. Oh man, I'm going Jake Laravia at the as our six man. Jake Laravia. Yep, suck it. Should have picked Jalen Williams. Um, uh, I hate this. <laughs> oh, man. As a center. This is why I made you do it. You know what? Screw it. Let's go Tari Eason as our center. Hey. We're, we're both high on him. I'm higher on him than I am Jalen Duran, which you tell me that a year ago and I would have punched you in the mouth. But yeah, no, let's go. Let's go Tari Eason as our center. <laughs> At this point, we might as well put Keegan Murray at our five and put Tarisen <laughs> at our four. But same thing. All right. Uh, yeah. All right. Tarisen. I like it. Yeah. Also, I don't know why you didn't just go Sohan there, but whatever. Uh, 
How tall I'm, is Sohan? I don't know. How am I supposed to know that? Like, I just feel like he's more of a 3-4, whereas, like, Tar Eason's more of a 4-5. 6-9. Uh, how, tall is, how tall is Tar Eason? I thought it was, like, 6-8, 6-9. Yeah, 6-8. I just feel like Sohan is more... Yeah. I don't know. Tar Eason's a better offensive player, so... I'm down. I'm, I'm sticking with my... I'm sticking our with team. It. Our team wins, because we have Shane Sharp. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, all right, guys. Well, this has been fun. We're glad that we could give you two episodes this week. Uh, shout out to our Bruins fans. Hope you guys enjoy our top f- or all-time starting five UCLA team. And then, uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Dal, you have anything you want to close this with? Um, uh, rest in peace, Caleb Swanigan. That was crazy news yeah. that came through today. Boiler Nation, um, Boilermaker Nation, we we uh, we lift you guys up. That's that's tough. Yeah, man, that was that's crazy. He was so fun to watch in in college. He was a, a guy that Kentucky looked at, so we were on him kind of in high school even. Yeah, and and just super sad. I I know that it was circulating around Twitter, but there was some post that some stupid account made like forever ago, and Damian Lillard commented on it and was like, Yeah. I don't know why y'all are calling him out like that. He's doing anything like he's clearly going through stuff. Um, and now hopefully he's in a better spot, but yeah, I mean, just super sad to, to see someone that young, that young past that we got to enjoy for not long yeah. enough. Yeah. It's very, very tough. Yeah. Rest in peace and uh, prayers up for the Swinigan family and, uh, and his friends and like I said, Purdue nation there. Um, sure. so yeah, man, take care of your loved ones. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna give you guys a, a quick heads up. Um, pray for my dad he's been, uh, you know, he's going through some stuff. He's, uh, he started his treatment today for lung cancer and, uh, you know, the dude's tough. So, um, if you've seen any of my tweets, you know that, you know, uh, my dad and I are very close. And so we're not down though. We, we have uh, high hopes and we just believe in God for that. So, uh, we appreciate your guys' prayers, and uh, we, we will keep you guys posted on that stuff. But we are excited for draft season, obviously. We are two days away this Tuesday night. Um, so by the time you're listening this Wednesday, you're a day away from the draft. So uh, let's uh, let's keep the good, good vibes going, and uh, let's hope Orlando actually doesn't screw this up. The last time they've taken – they've had a number one pick. last two times they had a number one pick, they've taken a center. So let's keep that uh, that streak going here. And, uh, yeah, so, Dal, appreciate you coming on, man. You have a good evening, dude. You too. Peace, y'all. Peace.